What Was That Like? contains adult language and content and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to What Was That Like? I'm your host, Scott Johnson. This is a show where we talk to regular people, people just like you or just like me, who have found themselves in an extremely unusual situation. We'll hear their stories and get inside their head because we all want to know, what was that like? More information about each episode at whatwasthatlike.com. Here we go. Today we've got a really fun conversation. Still a weird story with an extra unusual twist thrown in partway through, but it's a fun one and I think you're going to like it. And if you didn't already know, you now have the opportunity and ability to support this podcast through my Patreon at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash support. So if you like this show and you want it to keep going, that's how you do it. I'm still working on how it'll work for different levels, so that's coming up in the near future. But in the meantime, if you like the show, check out whatwasthatlike.com slash support. And I thank you. Today, we're talking with Casey. She lives in St. Louis. And one day she sent a text message to her friend because she was looking to hang out with someone. But she sent that text to the wrong number. It happens to everyone, right? Well, what doesn't happen to everyone is this. Fast forward a few years and Casey and Henry, the guy she accidentally texted, are now married. If there was ever a case of soulmates connecting, this is it. And this happened even though Casey is 30 years older than Henry. Are you intrigued yet? Just wait till you hear the rest of the story. Sorry about that, Paul Harvey. I love talking with Casey because she's just full of energy and she loves to tell the story. And that's something that's going to suit her well as she embarks on her new career, which we also talked about. And I'm pretty sure this is the only episode of my podcast where part of the guest's story is the question, did you poop today? So without further ado, here's my conversation with Casey. Do you find yourself being more careful about entering phone numbers now? <laughs> yes. And you know, Matt, as it, as it happens, I just saw on Instagram that a friend of mine was moving back from New York to St. Louis. And I went in my phone to send her a text thinking, that, oh, and then I thought, I wonder if this is really her phone number still. So I said, hey, it's Casey. And I reached out to her because I never, you never know if that number's changed or if you're going to get the wrong number. That's right. right. Yeah. So many times now yeah. you look at your phone, you don't see the number, you see the person or their name and, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, it could change. Well, let's get a little background, how this whole thing happened. I'm so excited to hear this story because it's so great. Tell us how this started. You were in Denver looking or, or yes, with, on so, a work trip or something, right? Right. So I'm, I live in St. Louis and I was working for Purina and I was in Denver for a, um, a big work, big picnic thing that we were going to be doing in Denver city park. I went early so that I could hang out with my girlfriend who lives in the suburbs. And I, my, the plan was that I was going to meet a coworker at noon, um, at our hotel in downtown Denver. So um, my friend is driving me from the suburbs to the city, and I texted the woman that I was supposed to be meeting 
And I got a text back from her that said, I'm still in St. Louis. And I was like, what? Like I would have stayed in, I would have stayed with my friend and we could have hung out more, but now we're almost downtown. So Sonia went ahead and dropped me off. So I went in my room, I checked in, and then I just started reaching out to anybody else that I knew who was supposed to be there. And another woman was like, I'm still stuck in St. Louis now. I'm not even coming. Somebody else has said, well, I'm in uh, Boulder. I'll just see you tomorrow. Um, and I was just getting more and more frustrated. And I think that that was a really big key to this whole thing, because if I had just been very calm and it would have just been like, hello and goodbye. Well, I finally thought of one person that maybe we had gone to a couple concerts together a long time ago. And I thought, well, I think I still have his phone number in my phone. So I'll reach out to him. And I did. And, but just because I wasn't sure if I had it right, I said, Hey, it's Casey. And I was supposed to meet Maria at the hotel. So I went into that little scenario. I was supposed to meet Maria at the hotel at noon and she's still in St. Louis. And I was wondering if you'd like to hang out. And I got a text back that said, I'm sorry, you've got the wrong number. But if I wasn't headed to my, on my way to work, I would uh, hang out with you. So this, mind you, this is a St. Louis number, okay? So I'm in Denver, but I'm texting a St. Louis number. And I, I'm a very expressive person, and I was horrified, embarrassed. So I write back, and I was like, oh, my God. I was afraid this was going to happen. I'm in Denver on a work trip, and I'm trying to find some colleagues so I get this response back that says, oh, interesting. I'm going to be driving through that area next week as I'm going on a solo walkabout in the Southwest. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? This person is like sharing something with me. And he was in St. Louis, but he was also he was going to be in St. Denver. No, no, yeah, driving in a week because uh-huh. he later. was going to okay. be going on a so- this solo walkabout. And I thought that was an interesting thing for someone to do, A, And then B, to let me know that he was doing it, I thought was pretty cool. But still, at that moment, I said, well, it was nice to meet you. And um, like, I don't know if I even said, like, have fun on your trip. I think it was so hot there. I said, stay cool. Hung up. I got a cab to take me to find the Purina event. It was the setup day. Well, Denver City Park is sort of like the size of Forest Park. And this cab driver and I drove through all of it. We went every road and and we couldn't find anything. And I'm anticipating seeing big Purina or big pro plan banners and all these people couldn't find any of it. So the meter is racked up now to $35. And I said, you know what? Let's just go back to the hotel. Well, I'm such a connector. And I had not been able to connect with anyone. So my level of frustration is very high now. And the only person on the face of the earth I've been able to connect with is this stranger. So I wrote him back and I said, well, $35 later, I still can't find any of my Purina people. And um, I so I still don't have anybody to hang out with. As it happens, I went back to the hotel and then I started seeing all kinds of Purina people. And we were walking on our way to dinner a few hours later. And I got a text back from this person that said, you know, what you put your energy on is what comes back to you. Do you know anything about the secret or the law of attraction? And that was that's something that I have like lived by and read everything about. And I just was like, how is this person on the other end of that phone reaching out to me with something that's so valuable to me? And I just was like, 
Yes, absolutely. It's like how I live my whole life. Can, can you summarize kind of what that what that means? Yes. The law of attraction, um, for those that don't know about it. Yeah, so it's um, like Wayne Dyer has a book called The Power of Intention. So it's like when you put focus on like something that you're interested in that you would, you want to start hanging out with people who are like-minded and you can like write it down as a affirmation or just kind of put it out to the universe and it'll, it'll respond to you with starting, you'll start to meet people who like those same things or um, in the secret, they sort of like have you, if you're interested in getting a red BMW, you can, they say you can manifest it with, you know, the power of intention. I don't like the commercial version of that. I just kind of like when you're interested in, well, especially like Henry put it in energy, you know, I was kind of going, oh, this is so terrible. Then it can keep being even worse and more terrible. However, if you focus on, oh, isn't this an exciting adventure? Then you get that as the energy that comes back to you. So that's, that's the law of attraction or the power of intention. Yeah. And he has, he has kind of the same philosophy then, obviously. Yes. And so he's like sending that to me on my text and still, I, we had no idea who we were at all, but. um, Did you even know he was a male or female? I didn't know. I knew nothing at that point though. I mean, I'm at dinner and then he wrote back, I think after a while. And he said, you know, can we share emails? Because there's like so much to talk about here. And so then we started emailing that night until I had to go to bed. And it was like, have you seen this movie? You know, did you see what the bleep do we know? Have you ever read this book? And he was asking me the same things. So then the next morning, I think, and I have all these texts that I did screenshots of, but I think one of the first questions he asked me the next morning was, what was my Myers-Briggs personality type? That's another thing that's really important to me. And I'm like, who is this person on the other end of these texts that's like knows my soul? So as it happens, for people who don't know about that, it's like introvert, extrovert, if you're um, a thinker or a feeler. So I'm an extroverted ENFP intuitive. I don't remember now. And he's an INTJ. So that would be like the total opposites. But he looked it up and said, you know, that the, it says that we're a perfect match. So we, we had just kept texting and it. Then it, during that early morning, it was like, I, I'm trying to figure out now if he's a man or a woman or how old he is or anything. And I asked him what kind of music he liked, thinking that that might give me kind of a little insight. And he did say electronic. And so I was like, hmm, because I'm like thinking, okay, he's going to work at two o'clock and he likes all these things. He might be a janitor. Or somebody, you know, (laughs) he's like old, he's old and and is like spending his later years interested in all these kinds of topics. So then he asked me how old I was. And I'm like, had kind of figured out he was younger at that point. And I told him that I was 25 in my heart. And he told me afterwards that as soon as I said that, he knew I was old. The answer to avoid the answer, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm 53. And he said he was 23. Now we weren't, there might've been a little bit of, a little tiny bit of flirting, but it was more like, just like having found somebody who likes the same things that you like. And we were just really excited about sharing 
all these things. And and then we got further into music. We did finally like say, okay, I'm 53. He said he was 23. Then he told me at some point during that week that he didn't know what he wanted to do. You know, he was kind of in a uh, stasis in his life where he knew he wanted to get moving, but he wasn't sure what it was. At the moment, he was selling paint at Lowe's. And so I love to inspire young people. And I said, hey, why don't we have coffee? Or maybe he even said, let's have coffee. Because I just thought I've had the craziest life. And if I could inspire him, um, I've been kind of a meandering person. But once again, those power of intention things just happened to me all throughout my 20s, 30s, 40s. All these wonderful connections and jobs and things came together. And um, I thought I would share that with him. So uh, we arranged not to, uh, not to speak not to share a phone call or anything until we met on uh, Friday. And this is in St. Louis again? Back in St. Louis. I was I came back to St. Louis and we arranged to meet. Now I worked at Purina at the time and we did a lot of things with different fairs and events going on around the city. And it was the 4th of July fair, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday night was a concert with Third Eye Blind. And I asked him if he wanted a couple of tickets for that show. They were VIP passes. I was going with a friend. He could go with his friend. We'd have coffee and then we'd go our own ways. While we were at coffee, his friend canceled and so did mine. So I just was like, do you want to just go together? I said, do you trust me? I even took him back to my apartment so I could get changed. And then we... We just went down to we went to the riverfront and went to the fair, and we what were was, just before you before you get into that. Let me ask you this: what, Oh yeah, what, we need to go back. What was your when you first met him? What was your impression when you first saw each other? Okay, so yeah, I kind of tend to skim over some of the details. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so I walked I walked into the coffee shop, and he just had a a bright, you know, kind of a happy face, like good teeth. And then he stood up and he was, that's one of the questions I asked him along the way was like, how tall are you? Cause I'm almost 5'10". And he told me he was 6'2". So it was really nice to like stand next to somebody who was taller than me. And um, he has a uh, tattoo on his forearm. That's um, a molecular chain. And it's, uh, um, it's, it's like one of the happy chemicals in your brain. So he's really into like dopamine or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so for, you know, I noticed the tattoo and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, so we just really like felt a good vibe as soon as we each saw each other. Were you, you must have been a little bit nervous though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was. I was excited and nervous. I, you know, the whole part of me that loves to inspire people was definitely excited. And I wanted to hear his story. He hadn't really shared a lot with me, you know, in, in that week prior so when you when you first met, were you and going into this, were you kind of all mindset of mentoring or inspiring, or was there a tiny little bit of you that was thinking maybe this is something that could go somewhere? No, I really wasn't thinking it was. I, I thought that it was going to be a mentoring thing, and that we would meet on occasion, and that I would probably give him ideas for other books to read or things like that. Something I've been recently making a deliberate effort with is to read more. There are lots of books I want to read and I try to read every day, even if it's just a few pages. 
That little bit each day adds up and it can make a big difference. It's like taking care of your gut. Even though it's not big, it supports the health of your whole body. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits not just your gut and your heart, which aren't outwardly visible, but your skin too, which you can see. Every morning it's the same thing. Two capsules of Seed DSO-1. And sometimes I wonder, is it normal to feel this great? It helps support digestive health with optimal gut bacteria levels. And thankfully that's all backed up by science. And all the supporting data is on their website. If you're trying to avoid sugar, soy, peanuts, or gluten, you're good to go. And I was reading the literature and I thought, you had me at vegan, because it's that too. And if you have kids, DSO-1 is the first multi-strain symbiotic shown to be tolerable and health-promoting in a cohort of children aged 3 to 17. And you can use this promo code to give it a try. Trust your gut with Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash what and use code 25what to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash what, code 25what. I don't know how many other people do this, but I like to plan my weekly meals. Maybe I'm just weird, but I like quick and easy. That's just one of the benefits you can get with Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout to get 50% off your first week. One of the dishes I recently had was the Green Goddess Falafel Bowl. Oh, I loved it. The falafel was seasoned perfectly, and I love how crispy it is on the outside, but really moist on the inside. It's a signature dish of Enat Admoni. She's known around the world as a chef. You've probably seen her on TV. And her dishes are made right here in Florida, so I'm supporting local business, and I love that. And the convenience of Cook Unity is crazy. I mean, I've got podcast episodes to produce. I don't have time for cooking. These meals are delivered fully cooked. So when it's time to eat, I pick a meal based on my mood for that day. I heat it for a few minutes and enjoy. The menus are updated every week, so there's always something new to try. You can choose from over 350 meals based on your dietary needs or taste preferences, or go wild and have Cook Unity pick for you because every meal is just amazing. Make the best meal plan ever with the convenience, chef level quality, and endless variety of Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com/what or enter code what before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code what or going to cookunity.com/what. I mean, like I said, there was a little bit of an underlying, maybe a little bit of an underlying flirt thing going on, but I just spend so much time with young people that age doesn't make any difference to me. And um, I, but I really didn't think of it as being a date or anything like that. Yeah. And another thing that was kind of fun is that some of our, I met some of our, my friends there. And right from the beginning, nobody batted an eye that I was like hanging out with this younger guy. And Henry looked like he was about 17 at the time. So that was, you know, another thing that I guess when I was thinking about it, it just, just didn't feel like it was going to be any kind of a, um, a relationship or anything. So we were watching the concert right up close to the stage. And about halfway through, he put his hands on my hips. And so he was standing behind you. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, well, this just sort of took another turn. And 
You know, I think if it was another 53-year-old woman, she might have turned around and said, like, hey, bucko, (laughs) I'm old enough to be your mother. And don't, this isn't where we're going, but I, it's not who I was. And I just was like, okay, well, this is interesting, you know, and there was such good energy between us. So I think that it was, it felt like it could be a, an interesting deal. So, and I'm sure the music added to that too, right? Yeah. To yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, we were, it was very crowded. So we were like, definitely touching that was, you know, squished if you will. Yeah. So it was a, it was a good concert then. Yeah, and then we went from there. Um, there's a really cool rooftop restaurant in St. Louis that overlooks the arch, and it was one of my favorite places to go. So we went and had a glass of wine. And at the time, he was actually not drinking, but you know, we just like hung out. And I think we went back to my apartment, and like we had so many things to talk about. It was just like endless, endless conversation just on thoughts about life and, you know, the books and philosophies and and all kinds of stuff. So we did end up kissing that night. And um, then he went, you know, home back home. So it it, it didn't like explode, but it was definitely going somewhere. (laughs) So when did you see each other next after that? So, okay, well, he was going on that walkabout. So Saturday he worked. And what 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 exactly is a walkabout? Is this just a hike? I mean, Den- Denver's at uh, high altitude. It's a it's an Australian term for like a, a solo hike, as you do a walkabout. And it was, so I thought that was kind of cool that he knew what that term was anyway. So he was actually going out to the Great Basin in Utah or somewhere, and Denver that area was going to be his halfway mark. So he had his car all packed, and we met at a coffee shop that I used to live over the top of previously. And this was uh, the synchronicity that kept like coming together for us was just incredible. So in a small ways and in bigger ways, but I brought my computer along because I wanted to ask him how to do something. And so I went up to order the coffee and I said, what can I get you? And he said he wanted an iced Mayan mocha. And I had gotten there first, and I always drank Mayan mochas, and I got it iced for the first time in my life, that right before he got there. And I was like, like, seriously, this is what you just ordered? Because that's what I'm having too, you know? So this is, it, it was, sounds like the script of a bad Hallmark movie, you know, with all the, true? you know, it's all there. I mean, it just was all there. It was all there. And so that, you know, then we just sat and, and just, talked and talked for, I think, two, at least two hours, but he needed to get on the road. So we saw each other on Friday and on Sunday, and then he was gone for like 10 days or two weeks. And he was really dedicated in his own self to like not having any connection with me or any of the rest of the world while he was there. But um, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was that same night or the next day I got it a phone message from him that he said he loved me. (laughs) So it was like, he just, he just like felt so much. And he just sent me that left. I think I might've been sleeping. And so I got the woke up and got this voice message from him that said, I love, you know, I just want to tell you that I love you. And I was just like, it was, I played it over and over and over again. 
And here's another thing that's kind of fun and interesting is that for six years, I was single. I had been suddenly dumped by my husband and I was uh, initially devastated. And then I was just kind of like doing my thing for like six years. And I was, I had had no real success or any kind of happiness with dating. And I'm a really enthusiastic, excited person about life. And and Henry was the first person that I didn't feel like I had to hold myself back with. So I, I think it was just like fun to be super excited because other guys, you know, you have to be like cagey and not be excited and in the dating world. So we were both just super excited. Um, we did talk one night and I remember like a whole movie went through before we ended the conversation. I think he was like at a hotel or something on, on that travel. And then we didn't really have much contact with each other after that um, until like way towards the, well, the, I didn't know where he was. I didn't know what, when he was coming back and I left him a text message that I wish that he was coming back on this one day because I had an extra ticket for this uh, amphitheater where my favorite tribute band, well, it's his now too, was doing a Pink Floyd concert. And my, my plus one, actually it was Jamie, I think, who connected us together, couldn't go. And I was, once again, like without a person to go to a concert with. And he loves Pink Floyd. And I was like, God, I wish you were here. Well, it turned out he was just a couple hours away. And so as soon as he got home, um, he got cleaned up and headed to me. And then we went to that concert together. So it was, uh, you know, it was just like bing, bang, boom. It happened like so fast. That is fast. Yeah. So how quickly did it progress from there? It was just like presto, I think. Uh, the only, the hard part for me was knowing that when we were like in my apartment, especially like just, and I'm only saying that because it was just the two of us in a room having these really deep and amazing conversations. And then if you walk out the door and you go to the coffee shop or the grocery store, and then people think that he's my son. And I was really, that was a big test for me. And I, I looked at these things as the test from the universe and not something to run away from. And so instead of me saying, oh, I can't do this, I was like, oh, I have to gr grow into this. Uh, so it took, me, it took me a while, I would say three or four months before I really just started feeling comfortable going out with him and not feeling like totally self-conscious. I felt like maybe a woman would feel who at 53 was, um, had figured out that she was gay and was going to be, you know, coming out to the, the world with the fact that she's gay. And that's the only thing that I could liken it to because I was just like, okay, this is a really huge thing for me to, to be feeling right now. So, so you saw it as a challenge. I just saw it as a challenge. I did. And right away, I brought him to see my dad. My dad's like 22 years older than his wife. And they didn't blink an eye. My mom didn't. My sister didn't. My uh, brother and his wife and kids. Nobody, nobody said anything. We both felt like over time that none of my friends or his friends or family, nobody ever to our faces said anything like, you guys shouldn't be together. We were just embraced right from the beginning. So 
that was that was like our our opening, you know. Yeah, well, that's it's, it. Kind of makes sense if your dad or your family's already accustomed to a relationship with a big age mm-hmm. difference. So, and yours is not that much bigger than his. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. It was nice. It was it was it was just nice. Um, a funny thing is, is uh, as you might imagine, I was wondering if I was going to be older than his parents. Mm. Think about that, right? <laughs> they could be forty something. <laughs> so how did that work out? Or what? Well, as it turns out, they waited for quite a long time before they had him, and they are uh, so they're like five and seven years older than me, and so we didn't really talk about how old I was at the beginning. But they were very, I mean, I was obviously way older than him, but he had changed and grown so much and was continuing to blossom in our relationship. So they just thought I was like sliced bread. So it was, it was, that was also very welcoming. And he's got two, an older and a younger brother that just are so loving and caring with me. It's just, it's been amazing. It sounds amazing. And I love the way you kind of look at everything with looking at it from a positive standpoint. Has the has the age difference caused any issues at all? No. We have more issues because of that personality difference. He's like meticulous and ordered and I'm all over the place. And he, I always say that it's like having a border collie living with me that wants to herd me into like kind of the way that he wants life to go. And I'm like, I, I know I, <laughs> I don't need your help or advice. I've like been doing okay on my own for all this time. So that's the, that's the challenge for him then is to avoid trying, having to try to do that all the time. Right. Yeah. He's just not quite there yet. Though, I, don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I always tease him and say, when you're 50, you're going to get all this stuff. You know? I've heard in, I think in an interview or two that I saw you on, you've referred to Henry as an old soul. Oh, yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? You know, I can. It's interesting because sometimes the way he speaks is almost like from a really long time ago era. You know, he'll use an interesting word or or something. Well, he really is a genius. He's so smart and he's very introspective and he reads voraciously usually from the internet, but still he's just constantly reading and reading and he learns about everything. And he would, he taught, he's taught me so much about finer things of music and art movies where I'm like, I don't even know what the words are to the song, but I love singing along to it. You know, I like the, how the music sounds. And so we're that different, but he's, he's so old and I'm a totally a young soul. So it's like with his wisdom and centeredness and just knowledge and things, uh, sometimes it feels overbearing, but for the most part, it's just like, he's just, I don't even feel any age now. I don't feel any age. It's like we're just, we meet exactly in the middle. Yeah. It sounds like spiritually or and emotionally, you're kind of at the same age, sort of. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We do go to a relationship coach because we can fight about like the dumbest stuff and we can feel like we want to quit, but he helped us to see that we're actually so deeply, soulfully connected 
that the little fights are just something to work through. Like Henry went to Burning Man a couple years ago, and we had some really intense uh, conversations that we just grew so much from. And, you know, like our, our marriage counselor is like, I've had people get divorces because the husband wanted to go to Burning Man. And I was like, hey, go, you know, have have all the experiences. And because I just, I'm so confident in who I am and like who we are together. Mm-hmm. From the time you first met or from the time of that text message till you got married, how much time? That was Three years, I think. Yeah, he proposed at two years, and then at three years, we got married. That's That seems reasonable. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, we were so together from the beginning that it just didn't even seem like we always knew that we were together till we got in a fight, and then it was like, I could care less if I ever see you again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want people to know that we're so real. Because it does sound like a Hallmark movie, but it's not. It's hard work. It's fights. It's it's challenges. It's it's frustrating. But we're both like in it, and we just keep pushing and growing. So it's it's. But it can get grimy, you know. Well, this everything we've talked about so far is an amazing story in itself, <laughs> but. There's a whole other new chapter <laughs> to this, is, there? Yeah, which is just, I find just so incredible. Tell us about your history with your kidney issues. Okay. So yeah, when I was in my late twenties, I found out that I had a kidney disease. And in 1995, I found out that my kidneys had failed. So I had a kidney transplant in July of 95. And it lasted t- almost 22 years. So he- I met Henry about, it was four, it, it lasted another four years um, from when we met. But it was interesting because he, he knew that um, maybe ultimately I might need another kidney transplant. And I swear in one of those very first days or first weeks, he said, well, I'm O positive blood, um, if you, I'm, that's, it's not a total universal donor, but for anybody who's a positive blood type, it's universal for A, B, and anything else that there is positive. So he, uh, he had generously volunteered that. Well, so my kidneys failed. I, last day of work was March 24th of 2017. And I went on dialysis on the 27th. Those dates just totally stick in my head. And I thought that I was going to have a transplant like my first one. I found out in April that my kidneys had failed, and by July I had a kidney. No, I had challenge after challenge after challenge, and that was another opportunity for me to put that whole positive spin on things because it was, uh, I did get, I'd get mad, and then I would come to terms with it, and I'd get mad, and I'd come to terms with it, but it took two years, and we we did test him. And turns out that while they, with kidney transplants, they like to have a tissue match and there's actually six of them that can be a match. So my sister matched me all six of those tissues. So it was like getting a kidney from a twin. It still uh, failed after 22 years though. And then Henry got tested and... Oh, wait a minute. Your sister was the first donor? Yeah. Oh, my sister okay. Donor. Okay. Yeah. 
and she couldn't give you her other one. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother didn't match me at all. So Henry ended up almost being a better match than, than my, than my brother. This is what I find so incredible about this. I, you know, I did an episode early about a, a local man here who donated, he, he donated a kidney to a stranger. And in talking about that and the statistics, people die waiting for kidneys and just because you just can't find a match. There's not enough volunteers to donate. So for Henry to be a, what you've called a perfect immunological match just yeah. seems like the, the odds are astronomical. I know. And I didn't even know that until that newspaper article came out because I just, you know, I'd kind of like thought, well, if he doesn't match me at all. Is it okay? And you know, it's just a blood match. And is it going to last seven years or 12? And then I was like kind of discouraged because I thought, gosh, I would never want to go through this again. At 72, I'll be viable, but older. And I don't really want to deal with dialysis at that point. But the transplant team is so certain that I'll be, you know, without. So the immunological match means that I could have developed antibodies in my body that would try to fight off this new intruder. And my antibodies are not going to, anything I have is not going to interfere with his kidney. So it should last. If I take my medicine and do everything right, it should last. I hope it lasts as long as I need it to, till 25 or 30 years or something, you know. How long had you been married before he gave you his kidney? It's so hard to figure these. I don't know. We don't, I don't really pay that attention. I guess <laughs> you need to write out the whole years. timeline here, right? I <laughs> do. Yeah. For me being a date person, I guess it was like three and a half years from wedding till, so the transplant. I think that this summer, yeah, this summer it'll be four years that we've been married. So you've, you've had the transplant recently then? Six weeks. It was six weeks. On, yeah. By the, when this comes out, it'll be eight weeks. And since he, he had surgery just like you did to, to, yep. to give his kidney, you've yes. sort of been recovering together. How's that gone? It's been amazing. It was the best growing experience you could ever imagine. Now, it's just a miracle, too, how our pain was localized to kind of just like our abdomens. That's where, for, for the listeners out there, putting a, you put a new kidney into your abdomen um, they're encased, our, our kidneys are encased in our skeletal system, so they're safe in there, right? So we don't want to have, you can't get it back in there. It's like way too difficult. So I actually have four kidneys right now. My old ones have atrophied. They're the size of walnuts. My one from my sister is in my abdomen. It's just easy to get to a blood supply into your bladder. So um, it just goes right in there, and then it's just, that's it. And then they've got nerve blockers now that they could just put right on our incisions. So when we came home, we have a really steep set of stairs in our house. Up and down the stairs we both were. It was like the pain was just localized to the incisions and we had no other issues. So we couldn't drive though, but everybody's like, well, how did you do? And did you have people to take care of you? But we were like, fine. It was bizarre. He was home after three days and I was home after four. Have you found like in your, even in your recovery after having surgeries like this, that you are kind of synchronized in that? Well, it was really interesting because 
it it just it couldn't have worked the same if he had given a kidney or if he had had an operation and I didn't or if I'd had an operation and he didn't because we we were just so like we'd have progressing days and then all of a sudden both of us would have one day where we couldn't hardly move and we were both in so much pain and it was like so synced the first 3 weeks were incredible because we were just like having the same thing. And then of course you get down to like, well, did you poop today? And, you know, cause we both were really constipated after the surgery and it was just, it, it was just really kind of crazy how we were able to just have that same. Yes. That same synchronicity. I, I kind of keep thinking about like when a poor turtle is on its back and trying to get up because that was one thing that we each had really bad difficulty with was trying to sit up from any kind of laying down when you have that much abdominal pain. So it's just incredible. The, uh, all, all of the factors in this story, I mean, to go from texting a wrong number to getting a kidney from that guy <laughs> that, yeah. and him being your husband. It's, yeah. it's beyond comprehension. It's, it's so funny because we've lived it the last almost seven years, but when you kind of, you know, go as a, be a drone and look down at it, it, it is like, seriously, that's how we met. And this is what's happened. Yeah. But gives you, gives you quite a story. When you live it every single day. Then it's, you don't always think about like the insanity of it. Is there any part of it that I haven't asked you about that you want to talk about? Just knowing how much he loves me. By doing this, although we're both really practical people, it's just so humbling. And I've, I've had some challenges with my health just in the last few weeks because I had a bad reaction to one of my um, anti-rejection drugs. And he took had to take me to the emergency room twice. And all the doctors kept thinking it was my heart or my lungs. And I kept saying, it's one of the drugs. I know it is because I'm really sensitive to medicines. And he's been just like right there with me through these things. When I just was waiting all night for a test, I finally told him to go home, you know, um, but his dedication to, to me is, it's so humbling. You know, a lot of news stories, when they talk about this, about your story, they include the phrase, they were, they were not really supposed to meet <laughs> but it sounds like you might disagree with that. Yeah. And you know, the other really neat thing is that he does not answer wrong numbers. He doesn't answer wrong number phone numbers. If he doesn't have it in his phone and he doesn't respond to texts, but he did. <laughs> so I, he knows exactly where he was driving on one of the local freeways. And he knows what bridge he was going underneath when he got my text from me. And, and he wrote back. He only <laughs> so, had to do it that one time. I know there's so many times that I'll, that I'll just say thank you for uh, responding to my text because it changed the course of everything. Speaking of changing the course, you are about to embark on a new career. You want to tell us about that a little bit? Thank you. I think my passion, I remember when I was in my 20s going to a daytimer class. Now, Henry had to ask me what a daytimer was. So I remember those, uh, sure. Yes, I know, but maybe some of the younger people might not. And it's a calendaring system. But the people who taught those programs back in the in the 80s were dynamic. And, and I was like, I want to do that. I had I had, had been 
coordinating fashion shows and presenting fashion shows for many years back in the 80s and halfway through the 90s. And so I loved being in front of a big crowd of people. And I've just had the most amazing life. There's just been so many miracles that have just happened to me. And I really want to share them so that I can inspire people, so that I can inspire people to be their own advocate if they're having challenges with their medicines or with their health, or if they um, want to inspire young people to take risks and find their new career, you know. So as a matter of fact, that is something that we didn't really get into. But way at the beginning, Henry uh, had bought a Mac and then he taught it. He was working on teaching himself how to code. And I was encouraging him to do informational interviews. And he got an informational interview at a small digital agency. And they said, we'll take you on for three months if, if, and we won't pay you, but you can learn as much about coding as you can. And at the same time, well, he had moved in with me because he was still living with his parents and his world was so small. And I was like, I got to open your world up, you know, so come and once again, like, do you trust me? Come with me. But I didn't want to like fund him. And he cashed in his 401k from Lowe's and it was exactly the amount of money that he needed to live for three months. So he got that free internship and then he's, he's taught himself, he taught himself how to code and he's just done that so beautifully. So, you know, I, that's one of the things that I knew I was going to be able to do was just encourage and be a, um, just the kind of person I always say to him out of all the 9 billion people on this planet, I'm the one that believes in him the most. And he's so smart. And so I, if I can encourage another young person to go after their dreams and to set up informational interviews or, you know, I want to, I feel the most alive when I'm in front of people and I can see their eyes and I can look right at them and speak to them and inspire them to do something greater than they ever thought that they could. So yes, I want to be a motivational speaker. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I hear the words motivational speaker, I always automatically think Matt Foley. Are you familiar with him? That is, no. Should I? Do a YouTube search. Okay. Just on the name Matt Foley. Okay. It's a, it's a Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you look that up. You'll you'll get a kick out okay. of that. All right, cool. Casey, this is uh, I lo- like I said at the beginning. I love this story. Will I'm going to have links to uh, how to contact you if people want to. Absolutely. Yes, and thank um, you're you. you're going to have a a website for your uh, speaking business. But I'll put all that on on my website. Yeah, right now I have a publicist that I'm working with. So she can, she's kind of managing all those things. So we'll give you her information. And then people can find us at on Facebook. We have a Casey and Henry website. So uh, they can follow us and we post our adventures. Like last night we were at The Who. Um, we talk, I do motivational Monday speaking. I mean, you know, just posts and there's like all kinds of interesting stuff that we're putting there. So love to have followers. You know what you really need? No, you need a podcast. I've yeah, (laughs) I know (laughs) we can talk about that. All right. A long time ago, I wanted to do a vlog, you know, like a video. Yeah. Cause the very first day that I thought of that, I wrote down like a hundred different things that I could talk about. So yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm at the beginning. I'm at the beginning of my road. There's so many different ways to connect with people because of technology today. It's just awesome. Well, this has been an absolute delight. Yeah. I love hearing this and uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story. We'll look forward to seeing where this goes. 
Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Every time I release a new show, I want to introduce you to people and stories that you just won't find on other podcasts. If you really like this podcast and want to make sure it keeps going, please consider supporting the show through our Patreon. You can do that at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash support for as little as $1 a month. I'm just getting this going now, and eventually I'll have different levels of support with different rewards and all that comes with it. Your support not only helps me cover the cost of creating and producing and hosting a show like this, it also tells me that you like the content. So once again, you can do that at whatwasthatlike.com slash support. We're on all the socials, so if you want to follow me or even contact me directly, all of that's on the website at whatwasthatlike.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode where we'll once again ask the question, what was that like?